Do similar structures in living things point to a common ancestor or point to a common designer? Evidence for a common designer today on Creation Magazine Live. Get ready for faith-encouraging information starting right now. And for even more, visit creation.com. Welcome to Creation Magazine Live. I'm Richard Fangrad. And I'm Calvin Smith. And our topic today is homology. Right. Similar structures in, uh, well, we'll be looking at living things in particular, but evolutionists see this as one massive evidence oh, yeah. for a common ancestor. And it's, it's described this way. Uh, when evolutionists said, if you look at a 1953 Corvette and compare it to the latest model, only the most general resemblances are evident. But if you compare 1953 and a 1954 Corvette side by side, then a 1954 and a 1955 model, and so on, the descent with modification is overwhelmingly obvious. This is what paleontologists do with fossils, and the evidence is so solid and comprehensive that it cannot be denied by reasonable people. Wow. So <laughs> obviously this guy thinks that this particular evidence is like just smack it's down. It's a big deal. Proof of evolution. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> we're going to look at um, some similar uh, skeletal uh, structures here between a human, and we've got a dog, and we've got a bird, and we've got a whale. And, and what people are told is that these similarities are there, right? Because we, we, all of these creatures went back to a, a creature before them that had structures like that, and then they diversified, right? So right. they had that structure, and they diversified, and that's why they all share them. They've got shared common ancestry yes. uh, through evolution, yep. et cetera. The textbooks, teachers, TV, media, everywhere, uh, they interpret this observation as common ancestor. Right. That's, that's, that's the interpretation. And, and, so, and, and here's an example from a university website and so on. Uh, this this uh, university website says, Evolutionary theory predicts that all related organisms will share similarities that are derived from common ancestors. Similar characteristics due to relatedness are known as homologies. That's our topic today. Right. Well, I, I think we need to ask a question here. When we're to told information, and this is the way it is, about things that supposedly happened in the past, is this the only way to explain uh, the, the, the data that we see. Is that the only way to interpret those observations? And I mean, based on what yeah. most educational programs, uh, textbooks, uh, we see, the answer seems to be yes. yes. There's only one way to explain There's this There's no stuff, other right? possible way to explain it. Yeah, but there is a far better way to explain these things, right? Uh, and that's, that's a common designer. Similarity in, in living things because of a common designer. And, uh, and that makes sense from even the things that we create, in a sense. Right, right yeah. If we think of a Porsche and the, uh, the VW Bug, that, that, uh, that, the Beetle car, yeah. both have air-cooled, flat, horizontally opposed, four-cylinder engines in the back, Independent rear suspension, two doors, a trunk in the front, and, and many other similarities, or we could, we could say homologies. Right, right. Now, why do these two different cars have so many similarities? Because they're from the same designer. Yes. Right? Yeah. So um, whether similarity is, is morphological, whether it's a shape or, or, or structure or something like that, or it's biochemical, right? There's many, many living things that share bio biochemical homologies, so to yep. speak. Um, it's not an argument for evolution over creation. If you just think of that, oh yeah, right. You know, intelligent designers use similar component parts in a variety of different applications. Sure. Of course there's going to be similarities when you have a common designer. Yeah. Yeah, and if humans were entirely different from every other thing that we have on the planet, 
uh, uh, indeed every other living thing, would this reveal a creator to us? Not really, no. right? You, you'd, you'd, you'd think that there was maybe multiple creators. Right, because one creator likes doing stuff this way, and one creator likes doing stuff exactly, another way. Exactly. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> the unity of creation, the similarities there, are a testimony to the one true God that we read about in the Bible. Right. I mean, if, if humans were entirely different from all of other living things, how would we live, right? How could we eat, right? How would you eat a carrot if biochemically it just didn't, didn't match up, it right? It's totally different than our own biochemistry. Yeah, exactly. We, we yeah. wouldn't be able to gain nutrients. We wouldn't be able to get energy to live. Uh, how could we digest them? Uh, how would you use the amino acids in, in, in food to, uh, you know, and, and sugars and all those things that our bodies need? It, it, it just doesn't make sense. So um, th this biochemical, biochemical similarity, it, it's necessary. It, it, it's part of what you'd expect to see in design. Right? Yes, if there's one creator, one designer, we'd expect to see exactly what we do see. And we'll, we'll, we'll of course, talk more about this yeah. uh, on, on today's show. Yeah. Uh, there's a chapter on exactly this topic in the Creation Answers book. The Creation Answers book is our most popular book, right. and there's chapters on where did Cain get his wife, chapters on starlight, how come we're seeing the stars from distant galaxies, and dinosaurs, and Noah's flood, and all kinds of different things. DNA in cells contains much of the information necessary to build and operate a living thing. That's, right. we, we know that nowadays. So if two organisms look similar externally, their DNA should also be similar. Obviously, right. Kind of uh, like the car pictures you were showing. If they look yes. similar, they must have similar component parts. Yeah, and similarities between two mammals, for example, a cow and a whale, they should be. They should have DNA that's more similar than, say, between a cow and a worm, for example. Right. You would right. expect that. And from a biblical perspective, as we mentioned, organisms descended from the same original created kinds. Uh, would be expected to be very similar biochemically. And, of course, you'd, you'd show some downhill changes from the fall, yes, right? Yes. Changes in information, losses in, in information. But, of course, they'd be similar. Yeah. Now, humans and apes are very similar. Uh, uh, chimps, in particular, look uh, very much like, like humans in mm -hmm. a lot of respects. And so you would expect that their DNA would be very similar to our DNA. Right. We have similar external features and similar uh, DNA as well. Um, so what would it mean... For example, yeah. if human and chimp DNA were, say, 96% identical, and there's been numbers like this thrown on for right. years. We've, we've done shows well, on this before. We, we know that those figures aren't accurate, but no. anyway, we're, they've been thrown no. around. But Let, what if just is say, what you're saying? What if they were 96% similar? We, we did a show, actually, we can mention, uh, if you go to creation.com slash CML, 2-23, we did a whole, a whole episode on yep. this 99% or whatever similarity, and uh, you can get more details there. So with a very high similarity in DNA, would it mean that humans could have evolved from a common ancestor with the chimps? Right. Not at all. I mean, the amount of information in these three billion base pairs in the DNA of every human right, is about the same amount that it would be in 840 Bibles. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a, a massive lot. amount of that's information. Of information. It's, it's huge, right? Um, the Bible's a large book. It's got more than three and a half million letters. So even if humans and chimps were only 4% different, what you're talking about is, is 120 million base pairs. That's, that's equivalent to 34 Bibles worth of information difference. Right? That's a huge amount. This is an, an impossible barrier for, for mutations. You know, that's some of these random changes to cross. Even right. given seven yep. million, you know, several million years, um, supposedly the, the difference between men, you know, 
apes turned into humans and, and, and things like that. Back to the common ancestor. Yeah, there, it, there just isn't it, enough time. There is isn't there. enough time to have that many beneficial mutations. And not just beneficial, but information gaining addition yeah. uh, to turn yeah. us from one, one thing to another. Now, here's some other things to consider about similarities in living things. Certain biochemical functions are common to all living things. Right. For example, uh, uh, humans, human cells, in some cases, do many of the same things that yeast cells do, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, we share similarities in DNA sequences that code for some of the enzymes and proteins that do the same types of jobs in both cells. Right. Uh, some sequences, for example, uh, those that code for proteins involved in chromosome structure are identical to yeast. That's right. I mean, it, we're going to put up a, a diagram here. And here you can see the similarities between humans and other organisms, the D DNA similarities. Uh, between cat and, and a person, there's 90% similarity. That's, that's a phenomenal figure. We should all be like cat people. Well, yeah. You know, or, or a number are, of jokes you could make on yeah, this. Yeah, I guess, but, you know, cow, you know, 80% with cows. Yeah, we're 50% I mean, bananas. I mean, if this was like some kind of superhero show, I mean, you could be cowman, <laughs> cat man. I mean, this is phenomenal here. Mice, 75%. Like you said, yeast, 26%. A weed, 18% similarity. A weed, yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. I mean, what this would mean is cats are more similar to um, people than than cows, right? Like, th they must have been higher on the evolutionary scale yeah. somehow. Or, or yeah, and I think it needs to be said that these, these, sort of, these sort of percentages can be varied depending on what section of What's, the genome you're looking yeah, at. That's right, yeah, that's and, right. And we did a great article. There's a great article on creation.com <laughs> on this topic. You can go to creation.com slash chimp and, uh, and look up that article there. And from the article, we can highlight just one thing. Um, the problems with similarities between apes and humans being 96%, the chimp genome was about 10% larger than the human genome. <laughs> so how, there's got to be at least 10% difference between humans and chimps. You can explain data differently, uh, right, to different models. What about the concept of a common designer? That yes. actually makes more yeah. sense uh, than the evolutionary explanation. Now, continuing on with DNA, it does a high similarity in, in two DNA sequences mean that they have the same meaning or function? No, not necessarily. Look at these two sentences. There are many scientists today who question the evolutionary paradigm and its atheistic philosophical implications. Sentence number two. There are not many scientists today who question the evolutionary paradigm and its atheistic philosophical implications. These sentences have a 97% homology. They're 97% similar, similar, but have almost exactly opposite meanings. Right. They're, they're similar, but they have opposite meanings. There's a strong analogy here in the way that DNA sequences can be turned on or off by a relatively small control sequence. And guess what? There's large differences in the control sequences between apes and humans. Right. Um, there's uh, other significant differences here, right, uh, that include things like this. There are almost no similarities in the hotspots. Now, hotspots are areas where chromosomes uh, rearrange pieces of DNA during sexual reproduction. And there are almost no similarities in those hotspots. Uh, right. The Y chromosomes, for example, are, are also extremely different with, with the human uh, one being much larger, right? And there, there's no way that mutations could bridge this gap, as we, we were talking about earlier, between chimps and humans. Chimps are just animals. People are created in the image of God. There, there's a huge, vast difference between these, these two created creatures. Yes. Right? Yeah. Another serious problem for evolution. The front appendages of many animals are said to be homologous. Uh, here, here's that picture again. 
Now, if evolution is true, that means that the genes that code for those structures should also be similar, obviously. Right. right. If you've got similar things, you should have similar coding for those. Yeah, yeah, we should have a similar, similar coding for those. Right. The, <clears throat> but the problem for evolution is <laughs> they don't. No. They don't have similar uh, instructions here. So um, here, here you can see that similar structures actually come from different genes. So in vertebrates, the embryo is constructed of a large number of gene segments that can be numbered, starting at the head end. And the diagram shows six different vertebrates which allegedly inherited their front legs from a common ancestor. The front legs as well as the rear legs developed from entirely different groups of segments from species to species. The instructions are completely different, and yet they, they, they turn out to be, have similar features. Right? Yeah, yeah. And this is from, uh, this is from a 1971 monograph uh, entitled Homology and Unsolved Problem, published in the, the uh, Oxford Biology Reader by Sir Gavin de Beer. Mm. Now, he was a top embryologist of, of the last century here, and he was an evolutionist. And in yep. 1971, he wrote this. But if it is true that through the genetic code, genes code for enzymes that synthesize proteins, which are responsible, in, in a manner still unknown in embryology, for the differentiation of various parts in their normal manner, what mechanism can it be that results in the production of homologous organs, in the same patterns, in spite of their not being controlled by the same genes? I asked this question in 1938, and it has not been answered. So here he's writing in 1971, right? And it wasn't answered in 1938. It's still not answered today. That's right. Different genes produce similar structures, right? And this is a serious problem for the idea that common structures make uh, you know mean a common ancestor. Right. It, it makes a lot more sense that God, uh, you know, he used a good design and he modified it for for different and uh, reasons. And and exactly. And, yeah. and cre in creations that you know intelligent beings make. You know, one person might use certain things to make something, and somebody might say, oh, that's a good design, and they might make it at a completely different material or with a completely different, you know, layout right. and arrive yeah. at the same, same design. Yeah, take, take simple things like tires, for example. You have tires on, on bicycles and skateboards and jet airplanes and race cars and toy trains. Yeah. All the tires are round. <laughs> round Amazing. tires. So round well. tires, yeah, because that's a good design. But in each one of those cases, they've been modified for the particular vehicle. Right. You know, and that's what we see in living things. We see a similar, very good design. It works good, and it's been modified for whatever animal it's a part of. From what we see in science, common design is a far better explanation it than is. what we yeah. see. And, you know, it's interesting to me, as a, of course, we both travel around and speak at, at, at churches and so right. on, that even many times I've explained the idea of common design, even Christians are like, Oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. And yeah. I mean, these are Bible-believing Christians, right? They love the Lord. They love His Word. But it, it's just because evolutionary indoctrination is, is everywhere Yes, that yeah. they've, they've picked these things up and they haven't even thought it through. Right? And the evolutionists have said, well, this is the only way to understand similarities in living things. Right. But, but of course, it's the question that we asked when we started. Is that the only way of explaining the observations that we see? And that question can be asked in pretty much every field of science that has to do with origins. Right. Big Bang, for example. Yeah. Is the Big Bang scenario the only possible explanation for explaining what we see in our telescopes? Right. Of course not. 
There right. could be dozens of different ways of explaining those things. And, and if you were to propose only one way to, to scientists, they'd say, no, 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 science has got to be, have competing you know, outlooks and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's does. not the way it's presented in schools, it's not is it? It's the way it works. No. no. <laughs> no we, can keep, we keep talking about some of the, uh, the difficulties with. So they're similar structures. Right. But they form through completely different paths. Here's another one of, one of those types of uh, observations. The sequence in which bones develop, for example, in frogs and salamanders, which are pretty close, right. uh, this is a puzzle for evolutionists. So you can see here uh, the, the, uh, the bone structure in their forelimbs there. Generally, the outer bones form before the inner bones. For example, the ulna leads the radius, and the digits develop in the sequence 4, 3, 2, 1, and it, it does that in frogs. But in salamanders, the inner bones form before the outer bones. For example, the radius leading the ulna and the digits 1, 2 forming before 3 and 4. Right. So now we're not just talking about similarities in DNA or similarities in structures. We're talking about the similar in the formation. Development, embryology, and so on. Right. Yeah. So if, we came, if they came from a common ancestor, why wouldn't they follow the same sequence? Exactly. And, exactly. and if they did come from a common ancestor, what... What information caused it to form in different sequences? That, that's, that's even more complicated than just doing what it's already been created through yeah. random mutations. And we've in the actually past. simplified the problem. There's other problems here, but uh, right, right. Um, well, here's another problem: is there's different genetic codes. I mean, all organisms use DNA, but a few use different DNA code. And this is huge. Yeah. This, this is huge. And, and this rules out common ancestry as well. I mean, in order to, uh, to support the common ancestor conclusion for, for similarities in living things, uh, evolutionists, they've, they've got to imagine an evolutionary tree, right? You've seen that, you right. know, that, that tree. It has one trunk and then ends up with all kinds of Right. Branches. You start with one creature, it turns into all the other different creatures, right? So all life evolved from a, a sing, single genetic code. Then that's what the, the conclusion would That's be, the idea, and yeah, all living yeah. things uh, have in common. And this is used as support for a common ancestor going back to a single cell, but if you've got different codes, you've got some problems with that, that, that idea, right? cute little drawing of what looks like a tree there doesn't make any sense. Right. You've got, you've got, you've got to have evolved different codes or whatever? I, I'm, uh, exactly. Interesting. Dr. Jonathan Sarfati, one of, one of our own scientists, he wrote this about this, this problem. Many evolutionists claim that the DNA code is universal. And that is proof of a common ancestor. But this is false. There are exceptions, some known since the 1970s. Yeah. An example is paramecium, where a few of the 64 possible codons code for different amino acids. More examples are being found constantly. Also, some organisms code for one or two extra amino acids beyond the 20 main types, or the main 20 types. But if one organism evolved into another with a different code, all of the messages already encoded would be scrambled, just as written messages would be jumbled if typewriter keys were switched. This is a huge problem for the evolution of one code into another. And, and a simple way to understand that is, uh, the, 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 the severity of the problem is, imagine the word gift. Well, in, in, in English, that's, that's a good if, thing. If you give me a gift or I give you a gift, where everybody's happy, right? Yeah. But you don't want to do that in German. Right. G gift in German means poison. You don't want to give somebody gift. That's, and that's the problem you have with different genetic codes. That's another huge problem totally with the notion meanings. of common ancestry. Even, even problems on how digits grow in different things. They'll often right. say, well, look, you know, a human has five fingers, or let's say a frog has, has you know, a bunch of toes. There's similarity there, right. so that's proof. But even the way they grow, I mean, for example, 
uh, in humans, you have programmed cell death as you're being formed in your mother's womb, right? This is how you get your digits. Uh, you know, cells uh, die in between here and it divides, and that's how you get your, your fingers. Yes. Well, for example, a frog, you know, in the end, you might put your hand down and put a frog's hand down and say, okay, well, there's some similarities. But their digits don't grow like that. They actually grow from little buds. Through, like, cell growth, norm normal. That's yeah. right. And yeah. they come out like that. Whereas a human does that. This is a completely different mechanism. It's almost the opposite. You have cell growth versus cell death. Exactly. To produce a, at, the end, at the end of the day, you have a similar structure, but it's produced entirely differently. That's right. And that makes sense from a common design perspective. doesn't make sense from a, right. a, a common, yeah. common ancestor. Now, when we started, we, uh, we quoted Tim Barra, uh, who suggested similarities in automobiles. He used the Corvette as an example, right, as right. an analogy for understanding similarities in living things. Um, and, and concluding that it's a common ancestor. He said that this evidence for evolution was, quote, so solid and comprehensive that it cannot be denied by reasonable people. Right. <laughs> well, we've just shown there's a lot of evidence that uh, goes against what he said. Right. right. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the problem with Bear's analogy has been summarized this way. Um, you can see it here. Bear's primary purpose is to show that living organisms are the result of naturalistic evolution rather than intelligent design. Structural similarities amongst automobiles, however, even similarities between older and newer models, which Bear calls descent with modification, are due to the construction, uh, due to construction according to pre-existing patterns, right. i.e., to design. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, therefore, Bear's analogy shows that even striking similarities are not sufficient to exclude design-based explanations. In order to demonstrate naturalistic evolution, it is necessary to show that the mechanism by which organisms are constructed, unlike the mechanism by which automobiles are constructed, does not involve design. I mean... We can see the problem here, right? He's using things that were designed as an analogy to show things aren't designed. Yeah, just so, they, so they evolved from a common ancestor. Right. They, evolved, they came from a common designer. Exactly. It's just amazing. As scientists have learned more about uh, anatomy and physiology, and especially genetics, uh, over the last not that long, the concept of homology came under increasing attack. Right. That homology means common ancestor. And so over time, examples that seem to fit the evolutionary notion of homology were, were kept, and those that, uh, that didn't support it, many examples that didn't support the homology were ignored. And more and more examples, this has happened more and more, more example, examples were discovered that had to be ignored, and here we are today where there are a few examples that are still there, but many of the examples of similar features or structures uh, had to be discarded. Yeah, and uh, and here we are today. By the way, guess which ones are presented in textbooks to your kids at school? Only the ones that supposedly support yes. evolution. But right? the ones we've mentioned, uh, you won't see them. You anywhere. don't see them. So you know, it's almost like God did this to deliberately frustrate evolutionists. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like here's a good design I'm going to use through different animals, but I'm not going to do it the same way. Both the Creation Magazine Live TV show and this podcast are produced by Creation Ministries International, a global think tank organization dedicated to disseminating the huge amount of scientific evidence for the accuracy of the biblical account of the origin of our universe. If you'd like to donate to keep this information coming, go to creation.com slash donate. And thanks for listening.